Father, we honor you. Lord, you're all that matters, and so we honor you this afternoon. Lord, we open our hearts to you this afternoon that you may come and minister to us. Because you're all that matters. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the very end. And so this afternoon we are gathered in this sanctuary. Others are gathered in different spaces, scattered all over. Lord, we ask that wherever we are, you'll minister to each one of us. I pray in the name of Jesus that none of us will leave this place the same way we came. Please, Lord, you who is our shield, you who is our protector, our defense, would you come indeed and minister to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Please be seated, those of you that are with me in the cathedral. And uh, very quickly, I want us to turn to the third psalm, Psalm number three. Psalm 3, and I want us to read that psalm. Our reflection this afternoon has been entitled, You, O Lord, are a shield. You, O Lord, are a shield. Psalm 3, listen to these words. O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I laid down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of my th of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. You, O Lord, are a shield. This psalm is a unique psalm. It is a psalm that, that, that David composed when he fled from his son, Absalom. His son wanted to take over and take the throne and uh, decided, made arrangements to finish his father. And so David, the king, who ideally was having a good reign and having a good time, decides to flee. Apparently, this rebellion had not been widespread. So it was difficult to mobilize very quickly. And so he feared for his life and decided, let him flee. And so it is in this context that David, when his life is endangered, writes and says these words, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and I sleep. Wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear though tens of thousands assail me 
on every side. Arise, Lord. Deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. The question, how many are my foes in verse 1 and verse 2, suggests that David is overwhelmed. And I want us to really think about those times when we are overwhelmed, when enemies are from within, but they are also from out. So you cannot, you are not comfortable in your circles because even there, they are enemies. And yet you're also not comfortable on the outside because there are enemies. You are overwhelmed. You don't seem to see a way out because you have been so much overwhelmed. Those that are around you are discouraging you. They are discouraging us by saying, I don't know if you heard, God will not deliver him. Did you hear that? That the enemies of David were suggesting and boasting. I imagine they were even mocking God. They said, the Lord won't help him. And maybe you are in that scenario and you are thinking, my God, what do I do? I am so surrounded. I am so overwhelmed that everybody around me is saying, not even God will deliver him. And that was the scenario. That was the circumstance for David. He was in this situation where his enemies are sure that there is no way out. They are sure that he's been surrounded enough and that all the options have been closed. And David, amidst such circumstances, cries out to the Lord and prays to God for help. Praise the name of the Lord. I related this scenario with the scenario of Habakkuk in Habakkuk chapter 1 when we read these words. O oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you will not hear or cry to you violence and you will not save. Why do you make me see iniquity? And why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. So justice goes forth perverted. Habakkuk was crying to the Lord. And so for me, the question is not Habakkuk's cry, but the nature of the question, how long shall I cry? When Habakkuk asks the question, how long shall I cry? It suggests that Habakkuk is tired. Lord, I have been crying and crying and crying to you. I've complained about these issues. <clears throat> I've told you about these things. Lord, just tell me how long I have to do it so that I get to know if there are hundred times I begin counting down. Otherwise, I am tired. How long, Lord, shall I cry for help? 
and you will not hear. How long? And so it is a situation that is comparable with David's situation. He is so overwhelmed that he doesn't know what to do. He is so overwhelmed that even his enemies are sure it is over for David. Okay, he has had a good track record. It is on record that so many things he has accomplished. He has fought so many battles and won all those battles. But as it stands, the options are all closed off. Everything has been shut out. And so there is no hope for this man. So overwhelmed. But in verses 3 to verse 8, we see that when there is a time of trouble, God is the shield that surrounds us. Praise the name of the Lord. That in the midst of circumstances that overwhelm us, a time of trouble is the very time to experience, number one, the love of God, number two, the power of God. When we are overwhelmed, and in this text we are talking about enemies, but not only enemies, but even life circumstances and issues that come with everything the world throws at you in such times of trouble, of being overwhelmed, it is an opportunity for us to experience the love of God, not only the love of God. It is not to experience comforting words where God says, I love you, and you know you're special to me, and you know you are fearfully and wonderfully created in my image. It is not just to receive soothing words, but it is also an opportunity for us to experience the power of God. And the words David uses in this text, the word is, he is our shield. The Lord is a shield. He will not only protect us because that is what shields do, but he will turn the time of adversity into a time of fruitful victory. Praise the name of the Lord. He is a shield, but he's not just limited, like shields are limited to just protecting you, but he also presides over your victory through times of trouble. Hallelujah. And we hear these words that when I cry aloud to him, he answers from his holy hill. When I cry out to the Lord, he does not turn away his ears from me, but rather he answers from his holy hill. Praise the name of the Lord. He gives such deep peace and security that fear is driven away from our hearts. He gives such peace, such assurance of his presence that even when the enemies think there are no ways out, there are no options for him, the victim is actually at peace because God is ministering his presence to them. There is a possibility, when we read these words, there is a possibility, it is possible that David can lie down and sleep in peace 
even when ten thousands of enemies are drawn up against him. Praise the name of the Lord. He is so overwhelmed, there's no question. To the point of the enemies saying, this is a done deal. If it is dismissing you from your workplace, man, they are already planning the cake you're going to cut at your farewell. It is finished, this is a done deal. They are already beginning to pass around messages to just prepare a gift for you at your farewell. Your enemies are sure that you have no way out. David is in such a circumstance, but David can afford to sleep, can afford to have peace. In this text it says, if even when 10,000 of enemies are drawn up against me on every side. We are going to pray at the end of this sharing, but I hope that one of your prayers is going to be, Lord, even when I am overwhelmed with circumstances, may I have the peace that transcends my circumstances. That you actually can sleep soundly, you will not be stressed to the point of losing your life, not because you are a superstar, but because the Lord is my shield. The Lord is my shield. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shield. I do not need to hate my enemies or seek to revenge because God himself will deal with them. I don't have to strategize like they are strategizing. I only have to tap into the presence of God, my shield, and the rest God will do. And again, this passage reminds me of the passage in Habakkuk chapter 2. Remember we started with Habakkuk complaining how long this is going to go on and on and on. But again, at some time Habakkuk receives an answer because he had been crying to the Lord about the prosperity of the wicked and so many injustices that were happening and God seemed not to be answering or doing anything. But later on Habakkuk actually received an answer and this is the answer that he received from the Lord. After so many days and times of crying to the Lord and as if God was asleep, Habakkuk receives an answer in Habakkuk chapter 2. Listen to verse 2 to 3. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run, so he may run, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it, for still the vision awaits its appointed time, it hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Do you hear those words? A vision awaits an appointed time. So in the whole mix of enemies lining up against you, there is also what is immovable. That is God's timing and God's will. It's possible that they are surrounding you. They think you are finished. But listen, even for Job, God would afford to say, you can do whatever you want to do, but you must not exceed this limit. There is God's will in the picture. So yes, your enemies might be boasting against you. You don't have to be worried because there is God's will. And God says to Habakkuk, a vision awaits an appointed time. 
it may meander, it may linger, it may seem to take too long, but listen Habakkuk, it will certainly come to pass and it will not delay. And I want us to pay a little bit of attention to these words. Habakkuk in chapter 1 has been crying, how long must I cry for you? And God says, it will not delay. Come on. I have been crying for so long. I am tired. And God says, it hasn't yet come. But God says, it will surely come and will not delay. The thing I read in there, when God says, it will not delay, when it has actually delayed in the eyes of Habakkuk to the point of crying, how long, Lord? God, in saying it will not delay, he's simply saying, my timing is the perfect timing. So when it arrives at my time, it does not matter how long you've been crying, it will be the right time for it. And so I really particularly would want to encourage us that are under the sound of my voice this afternoon. There's no question. We are overwhelmed several times. Many times we are. Nobody is exempted. Nobody. Listen, no one. Not even the pastor that is talking to you now. We, there are no exemptions. We get to scenarios and situations where you are tempted to say, Lord, you are far away. In fact, like Don Moen put it in his song, Lord, you seem so far away, a million miles away. I don't seem to see you. I don't think you even hear me. Everybody goes through these things. The encouragement for us is that we have a shield who says to us, we will surely break through. A time will come, it will be the appointed time of God, and it will be the perfect time of God. So between now and then, keep trusting, keep waiting, keep believing. Amen? Oh yeah, keep trusting. Do not throw in the towel. You don't have to begin arranging your revenge. You don't have to begin conniving and doing things of how to save yourself. God himself will deal with whatever it is that is contending with you. Hallelujah. And so what should we do? What should we do? Keep trusting. But what's that, Lord? What's that, Reverend? Keep trusting. What does that mean? Do you know what it means when you are overwhelmed with circumstances? I want to suggest three things that you can do in the meantime. Number one, be honest with God. And so pray. Pray. As you pray, don't pretend. Don't come in a prayer when you are overwhelmed with circumstances and you're there. Oh, Lord, I love you. Everything is okay. Lord, thank you for giving me life. I know things are not good there, but it's okay, Lord. Do not pretend. Come to the presence of the Lord and just be honest with God. Tell him exactly how you feel. Tell him, Lord, Daddy, Father, I am overwhelmed. Pray. Be honest with God. Listen, when you are overwhelmed, you may not be as deep. You may not be as fervent. 
You may not be as passionate. You may not come here and pace around and you're all shouting on top of your voice. In fact, sometimes you will fail to put your feelings into words. But pray. Pray in your heart. Pray with a loud voice. Pray. Be honest with God. Tell him exactly how you are feeling. Praise the name of the Lord. As you wait for his coming, for his timing, as you wait for his perfect time, be honest with the Lord. But also, remember what God has done in the past. Remember what God has done in the past. I know that I know there are times in your life where God has done certain things and you are sure that this was God and not anyone else. May you use your past testimonies as places of encouragement. In a ministry of waiting, do not cast God completely. I usually like to say that God has already done more than you deserve. By simply dying on the cross, God will, you cannot hold him to say, Lord, you haven't worked enough. God has already done more than you deserve. Can you hang on to what God has already done in the past? As you wait, by the time David says we'll trust the Lord, he's saying it, why? Because he knows that surely God has worked out certain things in the past. By the time David says, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. David knows he has been in places where God has lifted his head. So, rather than cry about the overwhelming circumstances, rather than talk about the, the son who is rebellious, who wants to dethrone him, David remembers that God is a lifter of his head. He says, I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. Praise the name of the Lord. Remember what God has done in the past. Some of us, you cry for a job and God gives you the job. And two years into the job, there is this supervisor who is against you and they are writing reports about you and you are all scattered and you are all finished. You forget that in that job, it is God who brought you in that place. So you have forgotten what God has already done by bringing you here and you are all focusing on this one circumstance and situation. It is the only prayer request. It is the only thing you're fasting for. It is the only thing you're telling your friends. It is the only thing it has become a God in your life. You have forgotten God completely and this thing has become everything in your life. Would you, my friend, my sister, my brother, remember what God has done in the past. So pray, but also remember that he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Number three, hold on to his promises. Hold on to his promises. You are in this space, but God has promised you, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. 
I'll be with you to the end of time. So I am overwhelmed, I am surrounded, but I am not alone. Hold on to what God has promised he will do. Hold on to the promises of God. Can you turn back to the pages of scripture and read what God says about your life? If people are saying you cannot perform and yet you have given your very best, Remember that God says you are special, you are unique. Remember, if everybody is saying you are ugly, remember the promise of God you are fearfully, wonderfully made in his image. What has God said about it? Remember what God has promised. Remember what God has said. That it will surely come, though it linger, though it lays, though it seems to meander. There is a promise that it will surely come and when it comes, it will not have delayed because it is the perfect timing of God. So I'm not going to throw in the towel because there is a promise of God about my circumstance. If God says I will supply all your needs according to your riches in glory, I will wait for the supplies to come. I will wait for the supplies to come. And they will surely come. And when they come, it will be the best timing. Hallelujah. Can I just read these words one more time? Oh Lord, how many are my foes? There are so many. To the point of asking, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me. My glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many troubles. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Nobody has a right for your salvation apart from the Lord. Let me invite our choir back. I want us to pray. And I want us to sing that song. He made a way. When our backs were against the wall, when everybody had written us off, he made a way. Can we stand on our feet? Let's sing and after that, let us call on the name of the Lord. You made a way. You made a way. When a box door, when a box against the wall, and it looked as if it was over, you made a way you made a way you made a way you made a way Lord you made a way 
plaster against the wall and it looks as if it was over you made our way and we're standing here and we're standing here only because you ask us to just turn to the Lord in prayer at this point. As you think about your life, especially where you are, maybe you are surrounded and overwhelmed with circumstances. It's possible that you're standing where you are standing and you do not know where to go next. You don't know which direction to take because you, you are surrounded. You are overwhelmed when you turn to the right, you are surrounded to the left. Everywhere, there is no hope for you. There is good news for you this afternoon. That God is your salvation. Will you turn to God in prayer this afternoon? And just be honest with God. Just come to God and be candid with Him. Just say it as it is and say, Lord, make a way for me. Lord, come and deliver me. Lord, you are my sustainer. You are my shield. Will you protect me? It's true. Not only the enemies are saying you have no way out. Even you yourself, you see yourself and there is no way out. It is a fact. You know there is no way out for you. Maybe it is even a mistake you made yourself. Maybe it is a trap that was made for you. Maybe it is your own foolishness. But you have been reminded that you are a child of God and the grace of Calvary covers you. Come to the Lord and be repentant and say, Lord, I am sorry that I ended up this way because of my mistakes, because of my carelessness and recklessness. But Lord, make a way for me. Lord, do not treat me as my sins deserve, but treat me with mercy. Lord, make a way for me. Come on, turn to the Lord and talk to him. There is nothing that will catch God by surprise because He's the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He knows when you took this path, in fact, He knew that it would end up this way. And He's not waiting to punish you. He's waiting for you to turn to Him that He will embrace you and deliver you from the snares of the devil and heal you from the wounds and heal you from every sickness, from every trouble you have caused yourself. And then deliver you from the sin that so easily entangles because he is gracious. 
Come on, tell him, Lord, make a way. Make a way. When everybody says it's over for you, God will still give you a chance. And this afternoon is an opportunity for you to say, Lord, my back is against the wall. It looks like it is over. Every fact suggests that this is the end. I've hit a dead end. Lord, make a way. I am standing here because I have assurance there is a deliverer coming. There is a shield that even when the devil throws arrows at me and against me, my shield will stand for me. My shield will give me victory. My shield will not leave me by myself. Lord is merciful. The Lord is merciful. Indeed, that mercy will be a reality in your life this afternoon. Father, I pray for your children as they stand in your presence, as they kneel, as they cry out to you, Lord. Deliver us. Will you come to our rescue, Lord? Will you come to our rescue? Lord, enough is enough. Enough is enough of our enemies laughing at us and scoffing and, and mocking you. Lord, we are tempted to cry out like Habakkuk and say, how long, Lord? How long must we cry out to you? How long must we call on you? Lord, we are tempted to ask, how long must we suffer? Lord, how long? Lord, will you come to our deliverance? Thank you for the promise that our salvation will surely come. Thank you, Lord. Though it linger, though it delays, though it seems far away, thank you, Lord, that salvation is surely on the way. And I pray for every person that is under the sound of my voice, physically or online, that that salvation will come and meet them right there. Lord, I pray that you'll give us grace to stand in the midst of waiting, in the midst of crying to you. Give us grace that will not give up. Give us grace that will not give in to the devil. Give us grace that the devil will not boast over us, that will not be shamed. Lord, give us grace to be patient enough to the time of your deliverance, to be patient enough to the time of our breakthrough, to the time of our victory, so that we are able to celebrate, we are able to testify to the mountains. And we cry out, Lord, that the higher and the harder the devil has hit us, that's the higher we will arise in testimony that's the higher will arise in telling the stories. In fact, our testimonies, we will become songs and we'll sing, this is my story, this is my song, the song of our salvation. And so, Lord, those that have been sick for a long time, may your healing come. Those that have nursed sick people for a long time. Lord, in your mercy, may we live long enough to see that day of salvation. Lord, those that have cried, cried, it's been the same prayer request, week in, week out, same prayer request, month in, month out, same prayer request, all year long. Lord, may that day come when we'll say, finally, the deliverer has reached us. We don't doubt it. We don't think it's not possible. 
because it's on record that your timing is the best timing. And indeed, Lord, it will surely come. And so we trust you. And I pray that when that time comes, we'll be faithful enough to testify to the nations that our God is a healer, our God is a shield, our God is a deliverer. 